the studios of WFAN. This is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Thursday, the fifth day of the month of December. As we head towards a December weekend, week 14 upon us. Six is wild as the Cowboys and the Bears meet in Chicago in a uh, very important game for two teams that have disappointed this year. Uh, and we begin the la- final quarter of the season with a lot on the line. Adam Silver with us today. Uh, we will chat with him. And obviously uh, the Met fans and baseball still digesting uh, still digesting the news yesterday. And there's still a lot of things you have to kind of, you know, come to terms with. And the biggest one is, as Met fans, you know, create their shopping list, is how quickly this transition is felt. That's really what you don't know. And that's what you have to wait and see. I mean, I, I don't think it'd be anywhere near five years, but I, I think it, you got to decide, well, see, just be patient, wait and see exactly how quickly you see any impact at all. I think you see some, but I don't, I don't know how marked it'll be immediately. So you're going to have to wait. And, you know, don't look for rifts or anything like that or tension or anything like that because this guy's been a family friend for a long time. So um, I, don't, I don't see any of that. But he is a very, you know, aggressive, as we know, flamboyant kind of guy. So we'll see how that works out. Um, as the uh, Mets now will have the uh, richest owner in, uh, I, I, not in all sports, but in uh, – in baseball, as their owner, as he uh, takes over in the weeks and days and uh, years to come. You know, it's an interesting time because these guys are moving into into, into sports. Now, what does that tell you? it tell you a couple of things. Number one. They get more famous. They get fairly well known on Wall Street. It's only one Warren Buffett, but they get fairly well known on Wall Street. But when they own a team, they can be really well known. I mean, Jerry Jones, Mark Cuban, they are really well known, and they're well known for owning teams. See, a lot of times guys buy teams for vanity because they're successful businessmen, but nobody knows who they are. But when you own a team, when you own a piece of that city or you take over a coveted franchise, you now become a famous person, a famous sports personality. And you're a constant. You don't come and go like players do. You stay. And you do impact fans' lives, so you matter. I mean, Al Davis was one of the central figures. Now, he had been a coach, too, but he but he was one of the central figures in the NFL. But the question is this. Are these guys buying the teams purely for fame? Are they buying the teams because it's harder now to make an easy buck on Wall Street? Is is being a guy running a big hedge fund harder now, just a pain in the neck now, compared to years past? 
Or, and there's a third option, is the team such a significantly good investment that it attracts these brilliant businessmen, which they are? These guys know how to make money. They see, they see a good deal long, you know, far away. You know, for these guys, these big deals, these good deals, they light up for like a neon sign for them. I mean, that's why they that's why they have billions. And I think it's a little of all. I think it is a little tougher now for the hedge funds. I think they do get famous, and they like that. And I do think these investments are very attractive. Look at how much money these franchises are worth. Now, you might not be able percentage-wise to make the money that these guys have made who held these teams for the last 20 or 30 years. George Steinbrenner bought the Yankees with such an obscenely small outlay of cash, maybe under $200,000, and paid $9 million. When you, when you flipped back the garages, the parking garages, really bought the Yankees for under $10 million. The Yankees are... I've heard estimates that are a little ridiculous, but the Yankees are realistically worth somewhere around, I'd say, $6 billion. That's it. But think about it. George paid under $10 million for the franchise. The Dallas Cowboys, and they own their stadium, which is an issue too, are worth somewhere roughly five to six million uh, five to six billion dollars you know someone will even go some people even go seven for the top NFL franchise seven billion dollars so the Mets valued at 2.6 billion dollars are a franchise that the Wilpons bought that franchise with all the money they put in, and they did it with other people's money in the beginning too, but they made 10 times on their money. That's brilliant. 10 times on their money. And they didn't actually have to put all that money in. They borrowed, I'm sure, a good part of it to, you know, when they had to pay a uh, double day to 230 well, I think that was 2.30 when they, they had an arbitration. I think it was 2.30. Somewhere between 2.10 and 2.30, something like that. Um, these franchises have gone up and up and up, and we are now moving into a different age. We are just starting to see the advent of technologies, which is why Adam Silver, who's coming on today, sees this technological revolution about to explode and realizes that my league, and he usually is a little more forward-thinking than the other commissioners and his audience skews younger at least that is the popular belief and he clearly sees it coming and it's not just streaming I mean streaming is going to be a big part of it but 
they are making this transition from the cable world, which is over, it's over, to this new streaming world. And there will be many different offshoots that we can hardly even understand that are coming. I mean, we're going to see technological advances in the next 20 to 30 years, the likes of which we can't even dream. I mean, there will be more technological advancements made in the next 30 years than there have been in the last 200 years. Because now it is being taken to such a different level and they also, though, are playing with, and I don't want to get into this other part of it because there is, uh, but I, I read a lot on this because as someone who dabbles in investments and likes to do that, you have to stay up on these new companies because that's where the money is in the stock market. It's in all futuristic companies. It's not in past companies, it's in future companies. And artificial intelligence is the next the Internet of Things and artificial intelligence are the next world. But there's a great fear about artificial intelligence that it might be the monster that cannot be put back in this cage, where it could actually get to a scary point. And a lot of guys, you know, have opined on it being extremely dangerous if it's in the wrong hands. So, you know, that, there's that part of it too. But again, that's not what we're going here with sports. But the point is that as you see, these very wealthy guys, Tepper, who just purchased the Carolina Panthers, uh, now Steve Cohn, Balmer with the Clippers, and there'll be more of them coming quickly. Because Wall Street makes a lot of billionaires. They are putting their money in these franchises because they know that they are going to be worth many times what they pay for them because of streaming and because of gambling and because of all the futuristic technologies that are about to explode on our society. So it's a very different world we live in and a very different world that the sports world is starting to really rub up against and trying to figure out which way to go. It isn't just what TV has meant to sports. And TV, especially the NFL, has brought a bigness to sports that nobody could have predicted in 1960. If you look at it now and look at it, say, now 60 years later, what what television has meant to professional sports and has meant to... the NFL, but think about it. You went from players being the best player alive and having to work jobs in the off season to make ends meet. Jim Brown made $7,000 in unloaded trucks in the off season. Now guys come in the league and sign one contract and are set for life before they've ever played a game. Set for life. They become, 
you know, corporations unto themselves. They become entities unto themselves. The stars do. You know, people, Babe Ruth lived with a bigness and made an outrageous amount of money. When the average player was making a pittance, Babe Ruth was making an incredible amount of money. I mean, he was making, you know, close to $100,000 in the 20s when the average player was making 2000 or 3000 And when 10000 was, you know, bought you an estate, he was making that kind of money. No one else was. But he kept the entire sport alive. But you had an era where you had players who could who were locked to a team for life. And now we'll have an era where we'll watch a pitcher this next month probably sign a contract worth $300 plus million. $300 million. That's more money than... That's more money than the New York Yankee team made... From 1927 to 1961, and that takes in the greatest players of all time playing over decades. And that whole group added all up, didn't even approach making anywhere near that much money. Now one pitcher will make that. That's what television has done to sports. That's what the bigness of sports has done to sports. And now you're going to take it to a different level as you bring a new technology in and you bring international markets in and you bring gambling in. And we're just at the, really the tip with that. We haven't, we haven't even put a toe in that water yet as to how much money that could be. I mean, that could be an insane amount of money in the years to come. And that's why you see these very smart guys now bringing themselves off Wall Street, past Main Street, and into our little neck of the woods. And the... The road that they're traveling will be pretty crowded with guys in the next couple of years. These won't, this won't be the last guy. They'll be coming because they see it as something that is obviously very advantageous on a lot of levels, including fame and fortune. So that's why you wind up with a guy who has $10 billion dollars deciding what to do with the rest of his life at 63 years old and already in, you know, richer than a king, uh, decides to buy the controlling interest in a baseball team. Because it's good business. Back after this.